0: You're listening to the Homeschooling Families Podcast by Teach Them Diligently. Welcome! Every week, we bring you simple answers to help your homeschool family thrive. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. You know, many worldviews exist in the world, and none of them are neutral. So it's the responsibility of every Christian parent to train their children's worldviews to be centered in Jesus Christ. With that in mind, I'm excited to welcome Davey Liu to the podcast today. Davey has an incredibly interesting testimony about how God used his unbelievable artistic talent at Disney, and then how he led Davey away to create content with a distinctly Christian message. You don't want to miss this. Today's podcast is sponsored by Cedarville University, home to more than 4,700 students in Southwest Ohio. Did you know that students spend approximately 1,000 days in college, no matter where they go? Well, Cedarville is committed to helping students make the most of every one of those days with a mission to transform lives through excellent academics and intentional discipleship in submission to biblical authority. Students graduate from Cedarville ready to make a kingdom impact in their careers. Their churches and their communities. They lead bolder, wiser, and closer to Christ. You can learn more at teachthemdiligently.net forward slash Cedarville. They even have some great homeschool information available there, so go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash Cedarville. Before we dive into today's podcast, I am beyond excited to tell you about my new book, Homeschooling for the Heart, How Amazing Parents Become Excellent Home Educators. It's available right now in digital form for only $5, and I sincerely believe it will be a great help and encouragement to you as you homeschool and parent your children today. Go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash book to learn more and download your copy now. I've been overwhelmed by and grateful for the feedback I've already received from those who have read it, and I'm eager to hear your thoughts as well. So go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash book to get your digital copy today for only $5. It is a great joy to be able to welcome Davey Lou with KenDo Do Kids to the podcast today. I was actually able to meet Davey out in San Diego or outside of San Diego at an event that we had in the fall, and uh, it was just a joy. It was a joy to see what he has. It was a joy to hear his testimony and, and how God has led him. Um, so I'm really excited for you to meet him today. So Davey, welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast.
1: Yes, thank you, Leslie. Good, good. Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm Davy Liu.
0: Well, I am so, so glad you're here. Davy, you have a really interesting backstory that I would, I feel like to really tell your current story, we kind of need to get that first. So, can you give us a little bit of insight as to who you are and where you're coming from?
1: Yes. So, I was uh, born in Taiwan. I'm just one of those. Uh, Grew up in a very, very uh, academic-driven uh, society that everybody's driven, and um, but uh, miracle, miraculously, I was uh, ten days dead in my mother's womb. So you know, I the doctor says, you know, that the miracle baby. You thought that you know, no heartbeat. All of a sudden, last minute, C-section, heartbeat came back. The doctor didn't warn my dad that your son's going to be like Forrest Gump. Um, so I. Uh, and then the, the doctor says it's 100% this kid's going to be, you know, have autism because they shot all those things in my brain trying to flush his dead tissue out. So I grew up, I obviously had a hard time just trying to fit in the Chinese mold of straight A. And, you know, and my, my parents were just, uh, you know, I grew up a Christian home, very unusual. Um, I, mm-hmm. I grew up and always are memorizing scriptures. That was my uh, punishment, memorize scriptures. So anyway, I, I memorized a lot of scripture, but, you know, I just can't seem to understand, you know, my dad tells me you can do all things for Christ. I can't do anything. I, mean, I was a My great point average in Taiwan, it was like straight F. I mean, I was, a, I was just always underachiever and I was the, always the last in the class. And my mom is always comparing me to my siblings. So I, I understand that, that, that the importance of learning in school, but I just couldn't pay attention. I was just... Mm-hmm. I guess they don't have the word ADD. I, I couldn't focus, you know, and the Chinese kanji was always in words. I mean, English is in letters. I mean, it's all in this picture form. And every time I see, I see pictures. It's, and I, I see animations and I get distracted in class, looking at the clouds outside of class. And, you know, and then my teacher would throw chalks in my face. You know, all these very humiliating things I grew up with and reminded myself that I just, I'm just like a marble. I'm just like nobody in, in my siblings, I see they're way brighter than me. So, um, you know, my, my, my mom and dad have me immigrant to America, and uh, and I did not know in 1982, uh, this, this amazing art teacher gave me a piece of white paper. And this piece of white paper, usually in Taiwan, you only get test paper with underscore, and meaning that everything has a perfect answer. But in America, I grew up in Orlando, I mean, this school gave me a white piece of paper, I get to fill in. In this art class, I get to do whatever I want. Yeah, there's no perfect answer. You get to do and be you. And I remember that art teacher, first words, I couldn't understand a word of English. I barely memorized 26 alphabet. She mm-hmm. told me, Davey, you can do it. Wow. So I drew this Chinese dragon. I didn't know much about it. And I just like, I, I didn't want to let her down because she believed in me. She's the only adult ever said to me, you can do it. So I drew this Chinese dragon and I, I, I just gave it to her as my homework assignment. And I didn't know two months later, she thought this drawing's amazing. She submitted to a national middle school art competitions and it won top 20 in the whole United States.
0: Wow. Ever
1: since then. Yeah. Ever since then, I realized, okay, maybe... My parents want me to be a straight A bumblebee. I play piano like all the Chinese kids did for eight years. I still can play piano. I mean, I still, today I, I was in a page one, book one, lesson one. I mean, I was playing it for that for eight years. And my mom just drove her nuts playing the same notes. So I said, maybe I'm not the cricket. But then I came to America I discover I'm not a bee. I'm not a cricket. I'm a firefly. Right. I mean, they might all look like insects. Right. I mean, I came to America. I remember all those kids like all the Chinese kids look the same, you know, like, so I I remember that, 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 that comparisons, like, you know, in my mom's eyes, I wonder if all the Chinese kids look the same. I mean, are they all supposed to be straight A? Are they all supposed to be doctor engineer? And then I came to America, this art teacher believing me. It gave me a piece of white paper. And then I realized, wow, God made me a firefly. God gave me this gift of creativity.
0: Yeah, that is awesome. And I love the, I I love the way that you keyed on the power of that blank white piece of paper. And, you know, we we overlook the simple things and the impact that these things can have on people and and the way that God can use those. I mean, I, um, As I was listening to you and kind of knowing where this story is going to take us, that the impact Mm -hmm. of that little white piece of paper is pretty profound. And um, so I just kind of wanted to key on that and encourage everyone, don't downplay those little white pieces of paper. You just never know what God is going to use miraculously to spur someone on to become who he has created them to be. So so once you figured out that you were gifted and you had a love and a passion for art, for creating things, what happened then?
1: So ever since then, I won these awards. My mom, you know, still had me play piano, still obviously got to study hard. Um, I came home. I went to the library. I would start checking out all these books. I couldn't understand any of those words of art history, but I just loved the classical arts. And obviously, most classical arts are naked. So you know, I, I I came home. I just study those news, and I just copied drawings. And then my parents were in Taiwan, and my sister—I uh, have four sisters, you know—equivalent to four mother. And there's it's, <laughs> everybody is like, mom, you know, Davy's looking at, at adult books, you know, and and but for me, I was just so captivated by this classical art. So I would draw them, and I would win awards based on study anatomy of course, beautiful design of human body. And then, 15 year old, 16 year old, I just keep winning awards every. In high school and then i i decided to pursue art but my mom was concerned that i'll be a starving artist you know and then here i am i said you know i remember doctor told my mom says your kid's going to be you know uh, 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 have autism you know artistic but then god made me artistic and it's like wow man god is amazing and i realized that you know i can only be firefly i can't be a bee i can't be a cricket i can't be anything else this is my life i have to take ownership I decided, yes, art is something I'm going to pursue. I don't know, you know, starving artists or, or maybe I, I could get a day job at, at, at McDonald's. or I just knew that this is something I'm passionate about. So in my college year, in the last 30 years, there was this company called Walt Disney, came to our school. What were they doing? After Little Mermaid, they made for, a fortune. They realized that they need more animators. So they came to my art college and they recruited and they were looking for, they were star search and they were looking for eight kids every year in whole America. Um, so in, in my senior years, I failed three times. If it was that hard to get in. I failed on the fourth time. It wasn't my dream job, but it, it was like, I'm going to drew, I, I can do this. I'm going to try. So on my fourth year, I, I never graduated from my art school. So hopefully my mom's not hearing this broadcast. I never got <laughs> my BLA. Uh, I never got, I never graduated every Chinese parents want them to graduate. I never graduated. So anyway, um, am Disney offered me an internship and so I took it and I went there for three months. I was planning to go somewhere else afterwards because I was majoring in illustrations. Um, mm. I wanted to do my own thing. I, I, animation wasn't my dream. So in Orlando, I had this three months of internship and I went in there first day. I, I thought I was going to learn how to draw and everything, and they said, "Davey, we're going to teach you become a master storytellers and you're going to be a master marketing beast." Oh, my goodness. I, I realized that when I went in there, I realized that they are doing something so epic. They're not just making animation. They're making a influence of the culture. And they taught us that three months of the history of Disney and what they did with this impossible thing. It's called animations. And now it's become a multi-trillion company that is impacting. So I decided they offered me a job. I decided to stay and, you know, my life was transformed, and I was so blessed to be able to have a day job and do something I enjoy. Um, so I got in Disney, worked on Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, The Lion King, and I brought forth the, the project, you know, the story Mulan. I, I I even drew myself as a general in the Mulan. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm the general Shen, yes. So, oh, uh, man, I, you I've so got to pull that old. out again. Yeah, so... Uh, so because all the all the American people think Chinese look the same, so I got away with it. Even Disney doesn't know that. That was me. You know? I love it. You know, you just take you're taking those things that uh, make making the best of it. And you're and but but my main thing working on that stuff, it's really it's like every time my film, Beauty and Beast Aladdin, like every film comes out, I say, Mom, maybe see Aladdin, have you see uh, the Lion King? My mom won't go see any of this. She she thinks it's childish. And it's wow. really just it was hard, you know, growing up as a kid. Not having my mom's affirmation, all I want to hear from her is like, "I'm proud of you." And boy, I tell you, 25 year old after Mulan, and my mom never, never seen any of my films, and it's really just heart aching, you know. It's a it, it's grown man, so I, you know, I just want to remind all the mothers out there how important that is. That words of affirmations. I think yeah. children needs to need it's it's hunger. You know, it's a little things. You know, it's maybe the chores. You know, it's it's not this epic of going to Harvard, right, graduate. No, it's the small things that you let your children know that how how you are so proud of them, of what they have come. And, you know, and then and God, only God knows what they will be. So it's those quiet moments every day at home. Remember to tell them you can do it.
0: Yep. I talk a lot about our privileged position, like the power of the role that we play and culture and everything else so belittles what we're doing. And yet as moms, as dads, we have the most profound influence on our children of anyone on the planet. And it's so important that we take advantage of that and we lean into that and enjoy every moment of that because our kids need to hear truths spoken to them regularly.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so again, you know, I went 10 years at Disney. After that, I went to work with Warner Brothers and I went to work on this film, Star Wars, just to debrief. And then I, 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 you know, when I was working in 1998, you know, Disney was working on a film about a boy who wanted to be a transvestite. And as a Christian, I mean, actually, I just couldn't, I just couldn't put my heart and soul. And I couldn't use my talent that's God-given talent to work in something. I would, I could not leave that kind of legacy. So I had to made that hard choice, you know. And my mom, my parents thought I was crazy. Um, you know, my first wife left me, thought I was crazy, quit, That's such a wonderful dream job, anybody would die. Um, but I just I just feel such a strong conviction that, you know, this mm. is going to impact the world. This is going to impact so many families and children for millennia, for years to come. And when I, when I worked on The Lion King, I realized the power of storytelling. I mean, I, I, I worked at Disney. I, I all of a sudden realized Okay, I go to church, but, you know, these churches that I go to here in L.A., you know, they, they, uh, the best thing they got is vegetales. I and mean, I was like, it has got to be something better than that. There's got to be something that's Michelangelo quality. There's got to be something that's better than Disney. And it was burning in my heart as a believer. I, I just want to see excellence that reflects the biblical gospel like we did with the Lion King. The Lion King's a story that would crack the Bible open, the story of Exodus. If you look at Simba... He got kicked out of his kingdom, went to the desert, saw the burning bush on the sky. He was reminded, you know, who his father is, and he went back to Egypt. And so I realized the power of the word of God. How can we take that, what I learned of what Disney had taught me? How can I take that and beginning for the book of Genesis and Exodus? And how would children learn, right? Children doesn't learn religion. Does, children doesn't learn on, 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 on everything. There's, there's got to be a lesson Children love storytelling. And I, and I remember Jesus taught parables, 57 of them, in the New Testament. And none of them were religious. And they were able to engage to every culture. Today, there's prodigal son story that, that taught in different cultures, like, such as mine, growing up. We all know the prodigal son. Hmm. And I love that. And, I, and I, as, as a Disney, you know, I, was, I became a project development. And I said, man, God, if, if Jesus would be here, be an animator. To produce something that can reach children. I mean, what would he do? So when I was working on the Lion King, I mean, in two years they said ninety-five percent of every kid. I mean, this is not Lion King came in 90, 1996, They they did a test. Ninety-five percent kid know who Simba is. Wow, that is incredible. That is a wow. huge evangelical tool. That is incredible. So I said, man, God, why can't we do this for you? Why couldn't you? But of course, you know, when it comes to realism, like, oh, that requires me to quit my job. That means I got to go out there. I don't have millions. I don't have millions. But in my heart, it's like, man, how can I take, you know, my life, the testimony from the Lion King to the King of Kings? How can this be that Disney is the biggest children's ministry in the world? It cannot be. Jesus, you would be. You should hold that creativity in your church, in your body of Christ. So that's always been a cry to my heart, you know. Th- th- not that, you know, it came out of my I mean, low self-esteem, came out of found my found my dream of being a firefly, being creative, doing something I love and good at it. But what how how am I going to invest in that instead of in my retirement here? How can I take something that God has given me that gift of creativity? That's first God's attribute, right? In the in book of Genesis, in the beginning, God created. Mm. And then how can I reflect that? How, that was hard, Leslie. I, I, I didn't know how. I I, I know my parents had money. I, I started beginning to look for you a know, solution as money was the issue. And um, so that, that was challenging. That was challenging because I know it takes millions to make a film.
0: Right. Well, I want to go back just a second and and revisit something that you said as you were going through. It's It's so interesting to me, just the way that you framed several of these things because I have never thought of them that way, but it's so... It's so true. You noted that that Disney is the biggest children's ministry in the world. They have this impact. They are reaching minds and hearts in ways that we are not. And yes. You also noted that you left Disney because of direction and because of the way that they were using that platform to impact culture, to impact children, to impact families. Can you tell us a little bit more about that because I think until we actually see the the need until we actually really explore okay if if they have this massive platform and they use it so unbelievably well what does that look like and then as believers how do we counter that and i know that you've got you've got definite ideas on that as well
1: yeah so you know when i was working on it okay so the animation disney are very 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 particular and very and excellent in execute they are not sloppy mm-hmm. They're extremely careful on marketing research and doing all that stuff. I, I remember we did a marketing research, you know, before the film Lion King came out, we go to public school and then some kid would say, hey, you should kill Mufasa. I mean, that's just how amazing. They really care about the audience, the focus group. Wow. Now, when I was in 1998, when I was sitting there developing the film Atlantis, I, I did side by side, there was this film called Wildlife. And I did. It, it, I, it's just astounding to me. They poured 23 million in developing things. So in Disney, when they develop a film, just because they pour 23 million, usually films doesn't survive, 80%. Let's say if they develop 10 films, only eight, only two films survive. Eight of them will really? sit in the morgue. There's Disney more. They put it on pause for a while. So so I thought, I well, what kind of faith does this world, this company has, that they believe in developing such a twisted children's agenda in mm-hmm. 23 million? I mean, what kind of faith is that? Last year, Disney had have spent 28 billion in developing new children's content wow and I, it breaks my heart my heart just said Lord I, I said is, is it because Christian is is it because Christian only see themselves in church do they only see children's ministry be on a Sunday morning and in 1998 uh, 1995 I was going to this church in Pasadena that hit me Leslie and when I asked a high school pastor that the Christian kids that grew up in America in the age one to eighteen, that they would go to Sunday school, all the camps, everything. After eighteen years, four years of college, less than four, less than four percent of these kids retain their faith. Wow. that is astounding to me. Meaning that the church is not doing a good job. Our church, we have babysitting these kids. That parents has go to church, but these kids are go to nurseries. And then in nineteen ninety eight. Every kid, this is before Netflix, before iPhone, before all the smartphone device. In 1998, an average American kid, they go to Sunday school 15 minutes. But an average American kid would watch seven to eight, two hours program from film to TV program to Saturday cartoons. Wow. I, I said, man, if they don't, the kids in America in 1998 only have 15 minutes to be influenced to hear the word of God. Well, they got 14 hours against 15 minutes. How are we going to win? There's a ratio right there. No wonder only 4% retain their faith. I mean, that is astounding numbers that we are not doing a good job having this church, this size, mega church, everywhere in the world. The kids are not having a personal engagement with Jesus Christ.
0: Mm the way that you're framing this is just so different than I think most of us have ever thought of. I mean, we, we understand, you know, screen time and this, that, and the other, but when you look at it as storytelling, when you look at it as a platform, when you look at it as, you know, kind of a, a, a ministry per se, you yeah. know, they are reaching hearts yeah. and, and minds that completely mm-hmm. blows up and, and would mm-hmm. have to make you rethink everything, every decision, the way that you're approaching things. And and we know now that the stakes are so very high. We've got enough of a rear view yes. mirror to see what happens yes. when we take our hands off, when we just kind of, you know, this yes. is all, it, it doesn't hurt anything. It's not yeah. harmful, you yeah. know, all of this, no. but, but we've yeah. got, we, we're seeing the carnage that comes by just allowing these platforms yeah. and these images and these stories to be what is dominating our children's minds and, and thought processes.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, Disney has been an American culture for over, you know, how many generations? I mean, I, well, it's like all sudden now, like, uh, you know, this is 22 years later after I left Disney. And then, you know, it's now the pastors realize this and, and so they're now they're boycotting Disney. But, you know, I yeah. got parents. I'm speaking. I got parents Says. They already cut my Disney Plus. I already got rid of Disney stuff, but my kid would get up middle of the night using their friend's account watching Disney stuff. That's huh. amazing. Wow. I wonder if kids would go use someone else's account and go watch something that is Christian, right? Hmm. So what, as an artist, as a, as a creator, as, as as a gift that God's giving me, I feel totally responsible. I, I feel not for responsible of the content, what Disney's doing, but I'm saying, okay, so I'm the only one guy. I don't have millions. But here, this is where I take my faith journey. I say, God, I have to do something about this. Because David took it. He took ownership. When he went to see Goliath, he didn't plan on to go see Goliath. He was going to (laughs) deliver lunch. And he noticed whole Israelite and his brother was hiding in the cave for months because they were afraid and they were taunted by this giant. But this little boy, David, he was preteen. He delivered lunch and he asked why. And the brother insulted him. What are you what are you coming here for? Trying to show off? But they didn't realize David his faith, right? He realized that his God cannot be taunted. He realized that his his faith is being taunted. He realized that God can do anything. He's a, He's got a God that can do all things. And I love that. He didn't he didn't base on what he can do or what he's capable of doing. He just risked everything he has. He says, I will come in the name of the Lord. And I love that. And that was a personal wake-up call for me to see that, okay, I, I see this adversary of this giant in Hollywood. There's not just one, but many of them. That their agenda, they're lost. And they have this powerful s- sources and resources. But I, I, I came, I moved south of LA. I moved down to Orange County. And uh, i began beginning to dream. And, and it's, I know this is harsh, but you know, my wife left me. And I just feel like, you know, I, I remember my dad on my birthday. He always reminds me that, "Davey, you're not supposed to be here. You're dead in your mother's womb." So therefore, when I was 30 years old, I realized, "Hey, I'm nothing to lose. I I, I got everything to gain." And boy, I remember it was hard. I had to sell my house. I know this is harsh, uh, I, you know, but this is reality for me. I was 30 years old. I I had to sell my house. I had to because I was I was so focused. And I love that verse the Matthew for um, Matthew. Um, 1344 I love Jesus reminded me because you know I was I was nearly broke and I I couldn't go on anymore I had no money and and Jesus gave me this verse he says there's this man he saw a land and he saw a treasure and he hid it again and he joyfully sold everything he has oh man I, I said God I want to be that man I because I knew that this sacrifice that I'm making, even though my parents are cra- think I'm crazy, and a lot of my friends think I'm crazy, all my sister think I'm crazy. When I live in this garage, I said, man, I got this house. Man, I'm going to sell this house because I know that I'm doing joyfully because I know that Jesus, at that time, as, as a main filmmaker, I want to win the Oscars. Jesus says, don't win the Oscar. A million and Oscar is nowhere near bringing one child to heaven. Yep. Boy, I, I started having this new perspective of what God treasured and what men treasure. And, and, and so I, I got excited. I, I sold my house and I, and I got this little art studio and I'm beginning to dream and I'm beginning to have this vision of, of just translating the Bible. How do you make this Bible become so um, creative and so innovative and so that we can preach the gospel in the mainstream and not for the churches? I don't want to replace what the vegetable vegetables are doing. I want to do something that is equally if not better than what Disney's doing.
0: Yeah, yeah. So how did you, how did you set out to start that? What was, you know, I, you, you made the sacrifices, you did what it took to move you in that direction. So as far as creativity and kind of open doors artistically, what was next? Where did you go with your desire to tell these stories?
1: So back in 1995, I was developing a project, um, you know, in Warner brothers and and then they were looking for projects. So I thought, You know, in Lion King, they love that Lion King made $14 billion today of licensing of what, (laughs) of all the character license, everything like the the Simba diver, Simba cup, Simba backup, Disney get a percentage of that's how they make $14 from the world. Wow. I mean, we so Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast, all the characters that's formed, that's human, they don't sell well, it's the animal characters. So we knew, we knew that animated film, that kids engage better with animal characters. So I started beginning to have this new idea. So I said, what if I create the Bible stories, you know, how animal discovered Noah's art? Cause I saw in the book of Genesis that in the Bible, as a kid, I didn't know. I didn't, I thought maybe Noah had 120 years to collect all the animals. But the Bible says right before, seven days before the flood, all these animal, all the, all the insect, all the reptile, they were all called by God to come to Noah. Man, that's it. That's all it takes for a Disney uh, project development guy. I started beginning to write this script and I started beginning writing this char- main character. His name is Ken Do. Ken Do come from You Can Do All Things Through Christ. Is this little fox that he was a slave in the dinosaur world and he had a dream of the giant leaf. So I wrote this as a very simple 10 pages and I pitched it to Warner Brothers. Anyway, long story short, I pitched it to Disney. Disney loved it, except Disney says, Can you make the animal go in there two by two? Can some of them not one male, one female? Can some of them go like two Mr. Turtle and two Mr. Dove? Oh, wow. Said, no. The Bible says one male, one female. Wow. So there was these kind of simple creative challenges. And like yeah. the giant leaf. So the animal would go in there. Like another part, it's that the animal, when they go inside the Noah's Ark, they found each of them. They, they found like the, the fox found his name, Kendu. You know, each animal, the monkey found their name. All of them found their name in the, in the Noah's Ark, in the manger. I said that on purpose because... I want kids to know that before, you know, we accepted Christ. When you go to heaven, your name shall be written in Mm -hmm. heaven, you know. So all these intentional creativity, I want to plant a seed. Because after this film, imagine the film comes out. You have, let's say the Lion King. You have a Hakuna Matata VBS. Hakuna Matata homeschool curriculum. (laughs) Leslie. (laughs) Leslie, your homeschool curriculum, it's going to be flying off the shelf. You'd be so over. Right. So that's why that's what the what that's what the faith-based family need. They need something yeah. that's innovative and that kids can kids can engage. It's like, wow, yeah, I want to know Jesus. I want to have a Hakuna Matata revival. I mean, that is a very innovative way to do it. You know, I'm looking at the Bible every day. You open it up, it's all words. There's no pictures. But kids learn through pictures, and that's why we do so well. It's as animator. We use stories, right? I mean, everything is. We try to use have that last dialogue. So that's what I did in year 2000. I began to take that script that I had was in the freezer for a while. And I began to start hiring, you know, I sold my house eventually, joyfully. And I began <laughs> to hire a writer and a designer. And then I start beginning to say, okay, I can't make film, but I can make a beautiful book so I can raise money. Hopefully investor will see the quality of the film that I was going to make. So we have this thing as a novel, as a script. And then, so now we have this book, it's called The Giant Leaf. It's a beautiful picture book of 48 pages. Um, so they're, they're basically uh, are, uh, extract from our animated uh, script. So right. you can get those things online, The Giant Leaf. Um, so that, that's what I've been doing. And I thought I was gonna just do one, The Giant Leaf. Eventually I went back, my parents is getting older and they're like, uh, you know, I grew up in a bread factory. My, my mom and dad, they sell bread. They're very famous in Taiwan. So I remember going to my bread factory and every day you'll see Jesus is the bread of life. So as a kid, my dad was an evangelism and he, he was a full time and he would sell bread and sell Jesus. And I was like, wow, this guy's amazing. <laughs> he sell breads and then you will lead people to Christ. I said, what an amazing, you know, what an amazing job. So my dad, you know, in, in his 80 something, he said, son, you know, you need to come home and take over this business. And I knew in my heart, I knew that God called me to, to create a biblical animated film that, that can reach the unchurched children, and I told my dad, I said, Dad, I can't. I mean, you know, I don't have the gift of of businessman. You know, I'm a, I'm an artist. You know, and I, I, I six months, I see this thing will go bankrupt if you let Davy take it over. You know, so <laughs> but I can't sell your bread, but I certainly can sell you Jesus. You see, mm. so you know, I I tell my dad has such a huge impact as a role model every day. His business, his his is every day that he does. Now, I didn't grow up homeschooled, but I guarantee you, my dad, he would use Bible verses. I mean, everything he does, I see it. I mean, it wasn't just me going to church on Sunday school. It was him living his faith, and he's not perfect. But my mom, even though she went to seminary, my mom, her church is just her morning devotion, half an hour. After that, it's full-blown worldly Chinese value. It was just measured, yeah. everything what the typical tiger mom would, would give to her children. So, you know, I, I, my mom, I don't remember recalling her ever giving me a scripture to encourage me. So it was amazing that I live in this Christian family, but then one mom, the mom would have a worldly standard. And then, you know, my dad would, you know, my dad didn't graduate from fifth grade. I mean, he fought the communism, but my dad just embraced this faith and it was so powerful still today. I am his radiates of his faith still remains mm-hmm. in me.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah that's that's quite a legacy from your father. Yes. Well how you know where where are you now? So you've created this book yeah. and I know you're yeah. actually going to be joining us for events this year which I'm very excited for everyone to be able to see it. But what else have you got going on and you know how can people get involved with you? How can they they
1: yes.
0: now that they've I hope seen the need they've they've caught the vision of the possibilities that excellent gospel-focused animation and storytelling yeah. for believers can actually, how impactful that can be. How do families connect with you and and kind of go deeper on this?
1: Yeah, so um, I thought I was going to finish this one book. So I went to Taiwan and then eventually the press heard about my story about this of you know, this Chinese force gun, you know, became the first Chinese animator <laughs> in Disney. And then so they, the sensation became just huge. And then they, they, they had me doing speaking and I, I did quite a bit of speaking at Ted talking and, tech talk and then they published my biography and then China found out about it. And then, so they did the same thing. So I didn't just have, I didn't just wrote one. So I did, you know, animal perspective, of Noah's part, uh, Noah's Ark, And then I, my devotion, everything I do, I just see it. It's like one day, Oh man, wouldn't it be great fish perspective of Moses part of the rest Sea? Wouldn't this be great if I can create a story <laughs> on, on animal, you know, discover Jesus became the ultimate animal sacrifice. They don't have to lose their sons anymore. What happened yeah. if I created a, a, a lion perspective? Why did they eat the prophet Daniel? What happened if I create this majestic, beautiful girls that they want to eat the best fruit in the garden and they will become the most beautiful girl in the garden? But yet they weren't sure if you really die. So they set up, you know, this new girl in town. And they, they, they Let's find out if they, if they really die. Send, send, send a snake. snake. Uh, so, these are the creative so new book I just finished is whale perspective of Jonah and there's lots mm. of mermaid in there <laughs> because uh, the reason I did that is you know the mermaid represent the Nineveh so the whale doesn't like mermaids so these are the powerful story that you know me and my team we have been creating this whole genre so we have so far we have six books that you can you can find on our uh, kind org. and so right now what we're doing Leslie it's you know all this 22 years you know I haven't found the money that i that i needed for the funding for for this picture i mean it it, it, it does require so you know whenever i go knock on investors especially faith based they just kind of look at me with the blessings and and, and think i'm half nuts uh, but you know disney right now every animated film is 200 millions right i mean wow. i am just using 33 million yeah i know what kind of faith do they have 200 millions yeah I said, you know, thirty-three million is the minimum, minimum. So, so far in California, I've raised seventeen from a, a very famous um, fast food chain's owner. Um, so, I've raised seventeen. So, so you know, I I am looking for support and help. Um, this is an investment. This is not a a, a gift. Um, so, um, we we are talking to other uh, entities, but uh, we are. So, the director is Mulan from Disney. That's going to be directing this film, The Giant Leaf, and the producer is wow. uh, ex, uh, ex, uh Yeah. And the produce, executive producer is an ex-Disney uh, um, animation president. So I have all this favor. I mean, I, I just believe that we need to give God the best. I do not. If I am going to make this film, you know, I, I, I want I want the children and everybody. Everything you do, whether you're an artist or, cook or 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 a teacher, you have to be the best. And why? Not because you're better, because your good work will reflect and people will give God the glory. That's, yeah. that's so important. That's why I wish my mom would tell me, right? Instead of saying, hey, just become a doctor engineer. Why? I don't care. Chinese all Chinese kids does. They all play piano. No, if they would tell me that because by me working diligently and, and work hard at my craft that God's given me, whatever that is, whether you're a bee or cricket or firefly, it give God glory. If your, if your bus shines really bright at night, it give God glory when your butterfly wings are beautiful. It gives God glory when you can produce the best honey. I think kids need to know that that's what's the purpose is right. to bring God glory and bring God joy because we are created to glorify God.
0: Oh, absolutely. In fact, I read in my devotions this morning in First Corinthians, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do. Do every single thing to the glory of God and God will bless the work of your hands. God will multiply it. We see all of these things throughout scripture that tells us that God delights to use his people and he equips us to do very unique things that when we open our hands and give our gifts and talents to him, he can use those to, to enlarge his kingdom in ways we would have never, ever imagined. And it is such yeah. a privilege and it is such an awesome responsibility to be on mission from a mighty God yeah. and a King of Kings who yeah. is control of all things. So Davey, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Thank you for um, your unique perspective and really the inspiration to, to go out, do big things, dream big things and, and never underestimate what, what, the talent that God has given you can do when you give it right back to him.
1: Amen. I realized that everybody, you can do it.
0: You can do it. That's right. So everybody go to kendukids.org. Check out his stuff. The animation is absolutely stunning. You are going to be blown away. Um, I know I was when I first looked at the website. Make your plans to see him uh, at events this year. Uh, Fascinating story. You're going to love just engaging with him and talking with him and seeing how you and your family can possibly get involved in this, Uh, whether by getting yourself some of these books or or investing in the, the big idea, the movies that he's working on. We know that God is in control and God has a big, big plan for his people. So we look forward to seeing what God will do in the days ahead. So thank you all for joining us today. I hope that this has been an encouragement and has truly challenged the way that you think about things. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. joining us today. We believe that every family is called to Teach Them Diligently, so we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events, and then throughout the year when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community. Check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.